I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. It is the Ring NFL Show, part of the Ring Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark at Combine Radio Row with Nora Princiati. Nora, hello. Hi, Kevin. Stephen Ruiz is here. Kaylin Jones is here. How's it going, guys? I... I- I feel awkward. I don't know whether to do the natural intro we just did or the one that we just had to re-record. I just keep giving away state secrets here. So there's a couple things to unpack. Number one is that this is the second time we've done this intro. We had technical difficulties. The further technical difficulties is that Steven Ruiz and Kalen Jones did not bring their equipment. And so I'm just sort of handing the microphone around as if I'm kind of a... 1920s newsreel reporter. Kevin is I'm doing just, a Herb Welch impression. I'm doing a Herb Welch impression just around the table. It feels great. Kalen Jones, how are you, bud? I'm doing good. Um, sorry for, for for getting my equipment. I have no clue who Herb Welch is. You guys all just stuff. He's um, Bill Hader's character on SNL, oh, who's okay, like the okay, old-timey okay, gotcha, news gotcha, reporter gotcha. who hits okay. everybody in the yes, face with a microphone. Okay. I didn't know that his name was Herb Welch. I had no clue. Just seen clips of him. Anyway, doing pretty good. So <laughs> we're at Combine Radio Row. Uh, here in beautiful Indianapolis. It's like 60 degrees here. Yeah, 50, 50. Oh, wow. Okay. I was, you know, I was trying to add a Accuracy. couple degrees. It felt, it feels 60. It's warm. It's warm. It's warm. Uh, much warmer than it normally is in Indianapolis. A uh, lot of nuggets. Everybody's pretty happy to be here. Yeah. Radio Row in general, kind of grim, but the vibe is very, very nice. Just a, everybody is so happy to be back. Like normally in this thing, there's always like, a, there's, oh, what's Aaron Rodgers going to do? What's, what's Kyler Murray going to do? Like, that's a normal thing. And there is some of that. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to what we learned today. But we're like, the most people were just saying like, oh my God, like we're all back. We're back. Things are normal. Everybody's like back. High, the combine is like a high school reunion for NFL oh, people. That's, that's a little grim. But yeah, that's true. Okay. So we're going to do something very simple. We're just going to do what, what we learned today. So this is day, just so everybody knows, Wednesday is the, excuse me, Tuesday is the first day that coaches and GMs talk. Wednesday is, is the last, second and last day. Uh, more than half of the league spoke today, so we got most of the nuggets that we're going to get. Um, interesting conversations. Bruce Arians and Jason Light talked. Uh, Chris Ballard talked and, and had some interesting things to say about Carson Wentz. Um, really kind of uh, a, a, a 
15 minute insight into a bunch of different franchises we got here uh, at the Combine. Nora, your big takeaway before we get into specific things we learned was what? Well, so I think a through line between the press conferences that have already happened, the coaches and GMs getting up at the podium and, and talking to people, and then just sort of the buzz is this time last year, obviously we weren't here, but the theme was, holy crap, there could be unprecedented quarterback movement. And that didn't exactly pan out last year. But I think this year it's kind of the opposite. I think the tone is very much like a lot of guys are going to be staying put. It's going to be a fairly stagnant quarterback movement year. Mm -hmm. It seems like Green Bay and Rodgers are maybe working on a short-term deal. There have been reports that there's some movement there. seems like the most likely scenario is that he stays. seems like Kirk Cousins is, is most likely going to stay in one place. You know, there's guys like Baker Mayfield. You get into, there's a lot of talk about uh, what the Colts are going to do with Carson Wentz that came up today. <laughs> I think yeah. that there's maybe a split building there on how to handle that. Um, but there's a lot of guys, aside from Jimmy Garoppolo, it kind of seems like the most likely scenario in most of these cases is that quarterback X stays where he is. So I think fewer dominoes are at least expected around the league at this point, certainly relative to last year. So there's a couple, you can't really ask directly, and maybe you can, and just say, hey, is this quarterback coming back? In some cases, they are. But the funniest piece of news that came out today was that the Cardinals said they were going to pick up Kellen Murray's fifth-year option. Okay, guys, thank you for that. Thank you for that piece of information. I'm glad that we had those press conferences to find this out. <laughs> Picked out. Fifth-year option. It's going to be fine. The Arizona Cardinals continuing to be very normal. Very I mean, normal it, about things. Was it unexpected after they... I feel like they've leaked some things about Kyler. Something, something about his work ethic, about his attitude, his general disposition. So maybe it is news that they've picked it up. Blake I mean, Bortles got his fifth-year option picked up. He also got an extension after that. That's right. Well, they had to give that because they had the cap number. It wasn't good. That I wasn't very good. I don't really believe those reports. And yet, if you are a young quarterback on a rookie contract who is very good and has gotten consistently better year over year, you can be a little bit of an asshole. So let's let's unpack the Kyle Murray thing for a second. So, all right. I, my read on the situation is that there are some quarterback negotiations that start in the summer and there are some that start in right around now. And I think that what that statement did was start building the pressure on Arizona to say, you know what, let's pay Kyler Murray now. Let's pay him in March instead of waiting. Listen, Josh Allen signed in the summer. Patrick Mahomes signed in the summer. Um, we know what that looks like. Lamar Jackson still hasn't signed. Um, every quarterback negotiation is different. Every team is different. Every franchise is different. So I don't know what that looks like. I do know that Arizona is extremely weird. And I do know that Kyler Murray, uh, like any normal human, wants to get his guaranteed money as early as possible. Um, Kalen, walking around this this kind of press conference set up this, uh, today, as you did, probably more than anybody on staff, uh, what, what was one thing? I mean, listen, we were all, I mean, Ruiz is going to Panera, and, and, and Lori, it was a disorganized crew today. Kalen was locked in on the press conferences. What did we learn? Um, I think the big takeaway for me was, you know, that, like Nora hinted at earlier, Quesia Dopamensa like, really seems to be behind the idea that Kirk Cousins is the Vikings quarterback, at least what they're able to do when able to provide like a stable situation around him. I think that was really the quote that stuck with me. Like he mentioned how, and I can't remember what it was verbatim, but he alluded to the idea that, you know, when everything is right around Kirk Cousins, very good quarterback. 
and that is very true. And then someone, a reporter actually asked him, like, so aren't you supposed to have a quarterback who, in those infrequent situations when everything breaks down, isn't that the guy, like, the guy who is able to play well through those, isn't that the guy that you want? And he said, yes, but, like, the idea is you want to create a stable environment for Kirk Cousins. I think you did that by hiring Kevin O'Connell. I think you could probably do that by building a little bit of a stronger roster, but I'm curious to see how that build goes because he comes off as very intelligent, obviously former econ major, but it, I'm, I'm curious to see like how Minnesota goes. Well, and those comments regarding Cousins are meaningful because, okay, one sense, Cousins has a $45 million cap hit for this year, but realistically, if they're committed to him now, it probably means that they restructure or do a small extension so that they can lower the cap hit but it's not just a this year thing, right? Like it does probably involve committing to Kirk Cousins for at least one extra year, if not two. My guy Kirk's going to get his third contract with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe Kirk Cousins has made about $70 billion. And the thing is, they've all been fully guaranteed. Two contracts so far. He's the first one to ever do it, I believe. And he's... He was the second one to do it, and he's going to be the third one to do it. By it's rule, amazing. every, like, three years, an NFL team just just wheelbarrows buckets of money and just gives them to Kirk Cousins. It's, I'm, it's not a bad, bad way to live. Legend at the bank. Yeah. You can have your Super Bowls, yeah. okay? Yeah. Do we think Kirk keeps his money in a bank? Mattress. <laughs> Under a mattress. How big is the mattress? I mean, it depends on the denomination. At a certain point. At, at some at certain point, there's enough money in there to make it an uncomfortable sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Stephen Ruiz, uh, no quarterback movement, tough break for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, no, because I think this is a year where they just need to sit back, tank. I know they're not going to tank, but they need to have a year where they're terrible. That's been the problem the last three years is they have not committed to building it, tearing it down and building back up. I think that's the problem. I mean, I don't think, I think they end up with a rookie quarterback. I really do. I know they're not, I don't think they're going to draft one in the first round, but I think they're going to talk to them, talk themselves into one of these day two quarterbacks. It's not going to work out. It never does in Carolina, but that's the strategy that they're going to pursue. And I think it's probably the smartest one just because they shouldn't be winning games right now. And you need to have some competition for Sam Darnold. If he, if they go into the season with him as the starter, I don't know how you can continue to make the argument that it's getting better. And that was like the company line at the end of the year. Matt Rule was like, I know you guys can't see it, but it's 100%. I think he said 1,000% working. Now, if this is 1,000% working, I can only imagine when they get up to 2,000% or even 3,000%. It's going to be amazing. He's only making $18 million this year. So it's a bargain. It's fully guaranteed, too. It's fully guaranteed. Another legend, another legend at the bank. Another man sleeping on a, a mattress full of money. Um, okay. You have the Spotrack page up. I don't. It's seared into my brain. I already know it. Eighteen million Hmm. Hmm. Um. All right. Let's get your thoughts on the Calamari situation. Weird. I think it is weird, but I'm sorry, you have to hold the microphone. <laughs> I agree. It was weird for me. It was even as weird as it was for you. It was weirder for me. I think it is weird, but I expected it to be weird because of the type of quarterback Kyler Murray is. He is very small. He has his. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, but it's affected him on the field. He has worn down every season he's been on the field in the NFL. So I, 
I don't think you can discount the fact that he was he's small. Like you could with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson never got hurt. So the fact that he was 5'10 didn't matter. But with Kyler, it's like affecting his performance at the same point in the season every year. So I understand the trepidation or like the hesitancy to give him a big deal. I think it's going to get done ultimately, like it did with Russell Wilson, who also had a weird contract negotiation. But I understand the weirdness. I think all of those are fair points. I just, I, I don't really think that this has to do with Kyler Murray's talents as a football player. I think if you have Kyler Murray, you have a fairly clear body of evidence that this is a quarterback who you are going to extend and who you're, you are going to pay a lot of money to. Odds are the longer you wait, even if it's guys like Derek Carr moving the market in certain ways, those numbers kind of only go one direction. I think the Cardinals are being weird. I'm, I'm well, pinning this much strange. more on Cardinals weirdness okay. than Kyler Murray's specific traits as a as a undersized quarterback. Well, I just think that part of it is that if, if this is the start of the negotiation on both sides, it's gotten off to a very weird, weird start. I mean, weird. Like the leaks on both sides have been not the way you negotiate. Okay, and like this idea that they're frustrated with his immaturity and his lack of leadership. I got to tell you, there's a lot of quarterbacks that we consider superstars who have question marks about leadership and maturity. A lot of them. A lot of them are a lot older than Kyler Murray. You know what doesn't happen at the start of every negotiation? Their team doesn't announce that their their quarterback has issues with maturity. Okay, they don't have. They don't basically. I mean, everybody has this report by now at this point. Okay, and I, I it's. It's coming from the team. They say it's coming from the team. And every insider has reported something similar to this. Mike Garofolo has reported it. Obviously, Chris Mortensen has reported it. And I just don't think this is the way on either side to start this. I'm more on Kyler's side because if I'm Kyler, I'm looking around and I'm saying, well, I'm good at my job. I'm seeing a bunch of guys who aren't very good at their job and they're my bosses. And I think that DeAndre Hopkins is good at his job. He disappeared for half of last year. He was injured the whole time. So if I'm Kyler, I'm kind of looking around and saying, is this an amazing situation? No, I better be paying a lot of money to be in this situation. Another piece that complicates this slightly, now this happens every year, but um, Kyler and Cliff having the same agent doesn't exactly make I this I think that would matter more if it was Steve strange. Time. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just don't think that it makes it less strange. My thing is, so I was on the show yesterday with, with Dominique Foxworth, and his point, I said, I said, you know, Kyler, build up capital, do the you know Joe Burrow right now can get anybody fired that he wants right he's not going to but I'm just saying that you know it's a similar situation where you you can earn capital through through playing and through success and Dominic's point which I thought was interesting was when you consider the strengths or the 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 relative uh, merits of, of Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime shouldn't Kyler have that capital already like isn't Kyler much better at his job shouldn't shouldn't he be able now to win those sort of power struggles. That's why I mentioned the height thing. Because what other reason? What other reason would there be for this weirdness? Like, why would they hesitate to give him the money he wants? When I like Nora said, this is going to be a situation where we know he's going to get signed. Like that's how it's going to end. So then explain the weirdness to me. It can't just be Cardinals weirdness. It it I, I agree to disagree on that point. I, 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 I mean, but that there's always look like. The team is always going to try to get what they view as the best deal. And then the player pushes back on that. So it's, it's not as though there isn't inherent, an inherently adversarial relationship in a negotiation in some ways, right? Like you're not starting from a place of, yes, we want the same thing. So 
to add some context, today Cliff Kingsbury said that the two sides are, quote, in a great place. <laughs> he said that. It's a quote. I don't know, man. I Kyler's think our long-term goal like all caps, is to have Tyler font. be our quarterback. He <laughs> understands that. He understands my view of him and how I feel about him. That was from Cliff Kingsbury. So Cliff Kingsbury is pro-Kyler. He should be. As Kyler, he should be. Kyler yes. is his job security. Um, but I, that's... I, 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 there's so much strangeness that's only going to get stranger, Caitlin. Yeah, it's going to keep getting stranger, but I don't see how this doesn't, like you guys are saying, like it doesn't make sense that the Cardinals haven't already just decided, hey, let's just resign him and figure out and make it work because that's the only way this resolution makes sense. Even if they were to, let's say, give him like his fifth year option and you wait till next year, if you're going to try and resign him then, the number is only going to get higher. And Sure, you might have a maybe like let's say Kyler gets hurt or something, and then we have a bigger discussion about like the fact that he's a tiny quarterback. Like maybe that becomes a bigger part of the Cardinals negotiating side. But at the same time, you know, if you're not going to pay him, somebody else will, and the Cardinals will be in the same spot they were just two years ago without having any direction for the franchise. And I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense. It really is Cardinals Arizona sports weirdness having lived there before. It's just Arizona. So. Let's imagine Josh Allen had the same concerns. Are, are, do we think that the character concerns, the locker room behavior, is really behind their trepidation when it comes to signing him or giving him guaranteed money or whatever he's asking for? No, I don't. I think they're just waiting on the negotiations because they want to see what their financial situation is. And I think they have a lot of guys to pay and they might wait on that. I think that, that, that that's part of it. I mean, I think that they have... Part of this is, I don't think they're delaying it because of it. I think that they're just trying to get their side out. And I think they, they're they seeing that it might, at some point down the road, get much uglier. And they're trying to get their, their side of the story out. And I don't think anyone's really going to buy it. So where do we put Kyler Murray in terms of quarterbacks? Like what, let's do tiers. What tier is he in? He's tier one, tier two? Two. Tier two. two. He's You'd like put him in tier, tier two? Okay, who else is in there with him? Well, okay. Mahomes. <laughs> Mahomes is washed. He's like, I think he's a he's he's not a end all be all. You have Kyler, you're done, you're cool, yeah. you're a Super Bowl contender every year. But I think he he has the capability. He makes an offense better. He's not reliant just on his situation. He's also not the guy who's going to be you know a total truck and pull everybody along with him. He needs a certain type of offense to maximize his skills. But he is somebody who can with his playmaking make a difference for an offense. No, I agree with that. But why don't we put him in that tier with those other guys? I think it comes back to the fact that he's very small and that he it's, it's affected his play. Like, we can't deny that fact. I was a big Kyler guy before the draft, and I discounted, like, how that would affect him. But I think you could see it when you watch, not only when you watch him on tape when he's healthy, but when he gets he keeps getting hurt every single year at the same point in the season, you have to say, like, Okay, this is a trend. So I think that there are there are certainly um, things you, you you are on the right track. Having said that, among tier one, tier two quarterbacks, he's got one of the worst coaches. That's fair. I would agree with that. So it becomes a chicken and egg thing. And right now, Stephen and I are just passing the microphone between us, and every time <laughs> I make really a point, I'm just ripping it out theater. of his his, uh, his hands. Um, it becomes a chicken and egg thing, right? Like. The problem is, if he signs an extension, he signed an extension to play for Cliff Kingsbury, and he might not become, you know, not, might not get the help he needs until he's not playing for Cliff Kingsbury. No, I think that's fair, and I think you're on the like. I agree with you that 
if you're going to remain in this environment, and it's not just Cliff Kingsbury, the front office hasn't done a good job outside of drafting him, which was, in my opinion, a no-brainer. Although it was, I guess it wasn't viewed like that because he was smaller, but he was the best player in the draft. I would want a lot of guaranteed money to to play for Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. So I get that aspect of it. But I do think playing for Cliff kind of has a benefit because you always have that, well, Kyler's doing his part, but Cliff, the the guy that lost at Texas Tech, maybe he's the real issue. And I think you're always going to have that if you're Kyler. I mean, he's not, you know, we're not, we're not calling him a Mahomes. We're not calling him a Rogers, a Brady. We're not really calling him a Russell Wilson, except that you did because you called him short. Um, <laughs> we're not calling, I mean, I, I don't think we're even really calling him like a, a Josh Allen or a Herbert. I'm not saying stylistically, but just in terms of ability oh, or Burrow. But you start to get into, you know, okay, Stafford. I'd probably at this point, just because of age, you'd want Kyler. Like there's the list. If you keep going from there is not very long. And guys who are at that point in the rankings make a lot of money and you'd rather have one than, than not. Right. Like we're sitting here saying, okay, Vikings are going to, going to keep it going with Kirk Cousins most likely. And you can try to compete that way. And I think that gives you a pretty clear answer on what to do with Kyler. I kind of disagree here. And that's only because it goes back to the point of him being small and the fact that he gets injured. Uh, and again, as a short, I'm five foot six. I can speak on this. Y'all can't speak on this anyway. Um, Wait, are you saying I can't speak on it? Because I know, but I feel like I could insult Kyler Murray's height if need be. I'm five foot six. We're now arguing. There's not enough microphones to go around for the argument. Kaylin is not talking into a microphone. Stephen Ruiz has wrestled control of the microphone from Kaylin. Kaylin is going to get control of the microphone starting now. Anyway, anyway, the point is, like, the fact that he's so small, and this is the point that Adolfo Mensa pointed out earlier, is Kirk Cousins is healthy. Matthew Stafford is usually, I mean, he gets, takes a lot of beatings, but he plays through and he, it's it's not a complete drop when I know. I, okay. Yes. But there, but there is a, dr- there's a drop off in his play and it's tangible. So that's my thing. It can't just be a chicken and the egg because at that point to me, if click Kingsbury, I mean, sure the record drops, but the point is like, he's not healthy consistently enough for him to be a high end tier. You know, I, I would say tier three, like to me, he's like, he's above average, but fringe top 10 for me maybe when he's playing at a high level but I don't know man the the injury issue is why I wouldn't give him all that money and it's a fair argument to make this episode is brought to you by State Farm there's no better feeling than a personal win and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan like a good neighbor State Farm is there Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! If you guys could only see the microphone passing situation here at Combine Radio Row. Uh, Carson Wentz, so... Chris Ballard said we're, quote, not there yet on a Carson Palmer, excuse me, Carson Wentz decision. Um, hmm. It didn't sound like he was infatuated with Carson Wentz. And no, and it seems like Frank Reich is maybe a little bit more infatuated with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, but that this whole thing was a Frank Reich Absolutely. Infatuation. He said he stuck his neck out. So, Stephen? What, what is that? that? Like, he said, I heard him say he stuck his neck out, but Carson Wentz didn't work out. So what happened to Frank Reich's neck? <laughs> That's my question. Like, he's still talking about him. Like, there's a chance that he could be good. And, like, you read the quotes from today and the tone between what Reich said and what Ballard said, it was totally different. Even if the overall message was the same, that we're not there yet. Like, I felt like the Ballard not being there yet was different from Reich. Here are the quotes. I haven't sat down with Mr. Ursay. I know it's from Frank Reich. I know I believe in Carson. I believe in him. I stuck my neck out for him. I stuck my neck out for this guy. Last year, I was a big part of that decision to get him here. Ellipsis. I know I know he's going to continue to have a lot of successful quarterback. That might be here. That might not be here. I, I, once, once you, you start, start talking, talking about, about it, it you're, you're kind of done. done. That's, that was my thing. Like, well, even and it was a complete 180, I guess, in the sense, like, what has been portrayed as far as like what Frank Reich said versus Chris Ballard, but listening to Chris Ballard, it sounded like we're moving on. Like this, we understand what we have here in Carson Wentz, but it seems like we're ready to move on. But then with Frank Reich, it it really did seem like we know what we have in Carson Wentz, but we'd like to see what else we can get out of him. Like I don't want to give up hope. But then the next question is, who's going to play quarterback for the Colts in twenty twenty two? Well, but also, so I I mean, it seems like they are being pretty honest about the fact that there's a disagreement in the building. That's fine. That happens all the time. It's healthy to have it. It seems like coaching is more enamored of Carson Wentz than personnel. It's a personnel decision. Um, Ownership probably has a big say, but you would imagine that if Ballard is a no and Reich is a yes, they are more likely to come to a no decision because it is a personnel move. But I don't think it's like, I think the reason that there's sort of that it's this conversation is because there's honest disagreement in the building over what to do. Yeah, I do think that's healthy, but what's not healthy is going into another season with Carson Wentz as your starting quarterback. I just don't understand how you can explain that to your fan base. I mean, even Reich, even though I do think he still believes in Carson Wentz, even there was like a tinge of doubt when he was talking about him. Like we got two straight, I stuck my neck out for him. He said, I stuck my neck out for him. I stuck my neck out for the guy, or for this guy. It does not sound like a guy that's confident in the guy he stuck his neck out for. What have you ever stuck your neck out for? Nothing at all. I have, I have no convictions. I've, I'm not committed to anything in life. I'm just, just a guy going through life. Never stuck my neck out. So Carson Wentz... <laughs> I'm just ignoring anyway, that. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Justin Herbert. I actually, I'm switching that away. Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley. Steven Ruiz's neck is just permanently out for Justin Herbert. So Carson Wentz finished ninth in total QBR, 13th in adjusted net yards per attempt, and 16th in DVOA last season. Now, after he got COVID, um, it was a, a, a little rough. 
But the other quarterbacks on the Colts roster right now are Sam Ellinger and James Morgan. Is that so bad when you consider the alternatives? Can you, Stephen Ruiz, tell me how you are going to improve upon ninth in total QBR, 13th in adjusted night yards per attempt, 16th in DVOA, when your other options are Sam Ellinger, James Morgan, and the great unknown? I watched Carson Wentz play, and you're reading off those stats, but it did not look like he was producing those stats. And I think it's the offense that helps him out. I mean, we saw Jacoby Brissett when he played a couple years ago. He looked passable. If they could do that for Jacoby, and they did it with Carson Wentz, then I think they can do it with a moderately talented quarterback. Like, even a Marcus Mariota, I think is an upgrade over Carson Wentz because he's not turning the ball over. And if you're worried about health, Carson Wentz is not, like, the greatest example of health. So, I don't know. And that offense, what they had to do to protect Carson Wentz from himself, like, the fact that they were able to produce those numbers is astounding. I think it's it speaks to how good of a coach Frank Reich is. He just seems to have a personal relationship with his player, and he can't look past it. I mean, I, he, only, he only threw seven picks. They were just, like, horrible. They were the worst picks They were the worst time. picks you've ever seen. They were on shovel They passes. were emphatic picks. And he tried to throw, like, 14 more. The defense just didn't participate. So, I think he can go downhill. The fact that he only threw seven picks, that shows that it can go downhill and it can get worse with Carson Wentz back there. He could have a 20-pick season next year. Like that, that's my thing with Carson Wentz. It's like, don't get me wrong, like the QBR is nice, but ultimately he's a very average quarterback. Like, you're going to get sporadic highs. You're going to get a lot of streaky... Like, he's a streaky quarterback. So, ultimately, he's going to be average. And that is... Like, that's what you're hoping for at his best. We know it can get worse with Carson Wentz, and I just don't see how it gets better. Unless maybe Indianapolis, like, goes out and gets a playmaker, which I think even Ballard was talking about, um, you know, during, during the presser earlier. Like, he was saying that the receiving course needs to improve a little bit. They need another number two. They don't know where T.Y. Hilton's coming back. So maybe they get better there, but I don't know how much that helps Carson Wentz. Can I throw a name out there? If we're going to play the Carson Wentz, like, volatility game, why not go with Jameis Winston? Who's, I mean, there are concerns off the field, but if you're playing that type of quarterback, I feel like it makes more sense. I mean, he's productive when he's not throwing interceptions. Carson Wentz is averaging five yards per, or like six and a half yards per attempt when he's not throwing interceptions, and that's the big problem with him. It's not like he's throwing picks because he's being aggressive downfield. It's like the opposite. I don't know how he makes so many mistakes when all he's doing is running RPOs every play. When was the last time there was a team with a quarterback problem that you didn't think could be answered by Jameis Winston? <laughs> Carolina right now. If they signed him, I, it would not renew, restore my faith in that organization. I'll leave it at that. Jameis Winston is 6'4". Good... Is this why you think that is? You know what? Like, I'm, I realize why draft people that put value in quarterback size now. Like, it makes sense to me. I missed on Josh Allen. I didn't think Herbert was going to be very good, but now I can see it. You want big, strong guys to play football. I don't think that's a, that crazy of a take. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to the Tom Brady thing. Um, so Bruce Arians says he would not allow Tom Brady to go to another team. This is crucial because Tom Brady's under contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's also crucial because Tom Brady retired a couple of weeks ago. We did a whole pod with it. Correct. Solak and I, on a Saturday afternoon, recorded an emergency pod. Everybody was there. Um, it's been weird the last couple of weeks. So Bill Simmons, our uh, our boss, reported on a podcast I was on 
um, delightful time by all. He reported, not reported, but he said he thought that Brady was going to come back for one more year with the Niners, at least one more year. Um, that has been, there's been some um, the comments today, you know, Jason Light basically saying, I'm friends with Tom Brady. I would never, the doors, the light's always on for him, I think was one quote. Um, one quote was, you know, you can never close that door kind of thing. I know Tom Brady. I know Tom Brady. You, sir, are no Tom yeah. Brady. And so, as we say in the Blaine Gabbert. Um, so, I think Tom Brady's not going to play football in 2022. Agreed. But I also think that, obviously, the door is open for him. If he wants to play for the Bucks. he certainly can. And that I think that the Bucks hold the cards. If Tom Brady says, I want to go play for the Niners, well, they don't have to trade him. There's no player empowerment era that just exists for Tom Brady. Um, so I thought that was significant in a way. Um, what do you think, Kalen Jones? Um, I mean, I think it's significant again because, like you said, the Bucks hold the cards. Like if they, their pathway to being a contender really hinges on them having decent or above average quarterback play. And if you have Tom Brady, you have you know very very good quarterback play. Um, the roster that they have in place right now, I mean, they're going to be able to contend for the NFC South. They still have a pathway to the postseason, but. I don't know if I put a crazy amount of stock on all of this right now, just because, again, like it's the offseason. There's going to be quarterback movement that happens with or without Tom Brady, you know, whether he's unretired or retired. But it is interesting that the Buccaneers like have a plan in place to, you know, kind of handcuff essentially like the NFC from being able to potentially have him like other teams. Can I throw another name out there for the Bucs? Jameis Winston. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do we think it's healthy that they're still saying stuff like this about like the light still being on? I think you can do it in, on March 1st. I don't think you can do it on May 1st. Yeah, that's a good point. Like when they commit to a quarterback for next year, and that's got to happen soon, I think that ends this talk and they can no longer bring up Tom Brady like this. It just <laughs> you doesn't may make no it. longer bring up Tom Brady. Right. <laughs> like give the team to, to Blaine Gabbert. Like, you guys said, like, you're no Blaine Gabbard. I don't know if Bruce Arians believes that. He seems to have all the confidence in the world in Blaine Gabbard. Maybe more confidence than Blaine Gabbard himself. He did this shit with, um, with, uh, when, before Carson Palmer, they signed Drew Stanton. And at the owners' meetings, he was like, Drew Stanton is my guy. And then they traded Carson Palmer, and Drew Stanton wasn't his guy anymore. The other thing is, all of that was based on, like, how good of a team Blaine Gabbard would, would be blessed with. The, the Bucks might be losing like their starting center and both guards and Chris Godwin, maybe. And for better or for worse, Antonio Brown was also part of the pass catching unit on this team last season. Like the, the it's going to be different. It's, it is going to be different. Uh, so do you think they start Blaine Gabbard week one? I can't imagine. I can't imagine a world where Blaine Gabbard is starting in 2022. What if they start Carson Wentz? That's not going to happen. I don't think Bruce Arians would... He would retire after one training camp practice. He would run an RPO and he would throw a pick somehow and Bruce Arians would walk off the field. I, I would not... If I'm Bruce Arians, I won a Super Bowl two years ago. I'm as old as I am. I've accomplished everything I have. I don't even know if I would go through a full season with Blaine Gabbard as my quarterback. Like, why is he still around? I think Bruce Arians is like, you know, a proud parent where you just kind of believe in that kid, even though if you know that kid is not good at something, you're going to tell him that he's good at it. You can accomplish anything. And that's really what it sounds like when it comes to Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. I don't know who their, their option is going to be a quarterback, though, because they really are a tricky team. I, I honestly had forgotten that, right? Um, 
what was it Art Art Marpet Ali Marpet? Yep. And just retired. Yeah, that's a pretty significant dog. Like I, I don't know how their offensive line is going to look going into next year. That's that's tricky. That's tricky. Nora, Tom Brady retired. Or is the door shut? He's retired. That man is You've retired. You shut the door. The light I'm is off. I'm shutting the door. I'm shutting the door and I'm turning on the light. It's getting very dark. Um, anything else, guys, that uh, that that stood out for you today? Nothing. Nothing really on the Rogers front. Matt Lafleur, I believe, is talking tomorrow. Oh, maybe went today. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I was busy in the back. Goody. Dan Campbell lit it up. Yeah, always. Talked about football players. He did. Yeah. Um, I was surprised at how excited people were for Tom Telesco. Like you were very excited. I think Nora was excited. Ben. I love Tom Telesco. Kaylin was. What What's up with Telesco? Yeah, how do you not? You should be like the captain of the Tom Telesco bandwagon. He, he lucked into, into that. that. Let's be yeah. honest. No, I like Tom Telesco. Good vibes, good vests. I do think I think he's an underrated GM. I think he's constantly brought talent he to the roster. He drafts good players. If they could just hire coaches a little better, then then they'll win a game too. Everybody was just so excited to be back. I mean, that was the thing. Brandon Bean was in here for a long time talking to the media. Um, and I think that there was, I think in some years, guys were like, eh, I don't really want to do this thing. Like, everybody was really into it. I, every every coach that I saw today was in a very pleasant mood. Talked to Talked to our AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. Talked to our, our boy, Zach Taylor, yep. friend of the Ring NFL yep, yep. show. Um, we're on great terms. Um, great stop and chat is, what I would, is how I'd characterize that. Um, so it's also Bengals fans can stand down. You probably won't. Why are you, are you? Kevin's looking at me when he says that. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm there's no Bengals fan to look at. Oh, I mean, we've been anti Zach Taylor on this podcast. Yeah, that's true. It's happened. Um, I, I don't know that I would characterize myself as anti Zach Taylor. Ooh, not a team player. I'm about to leak something to the press. Some Kyler Murray adjacent <laughs> leaks. Where's Mort? No, but Kevin was looking at you because me and Kaylin were there and we witnessed the interaction with Zach Taylor. We know that they're on good terms, that they're on the best of terms. That's good. If I was getting married again, Zach Taylor would come to the wedding. That's how good a terms we were on. That's how I would define that. You are like looking into my eyes like you need to convince me of this so deeply. Mostly because it was like a 25-second interaction. It was extremely pleasant. Saw Duke Tobin. <laughs> yeah, he's around. He's around. He's in the scene. He's in the scene. He's doing it up. So yes. calm. So calm. Well, I would also say that so, so Duke Tobin is in this zone that you get where he kind of crushed it over the past year. And I think that when you're at these these events, you get to go around and be like, huh? Yeah? How about that? How crushed about that, it. fellas? Trey Hendrickson? Yeah, I got it. I got you. Mike Jamar Hurton? Chase? Turns out he's one of the best cornerbacks in football this year. Like, yeah, Jamar Chase. Instead of, remember the Penny Sewell thing last year? Remember the memes? Those were funny. Meanwhile, when they were sick. I, I did one of those memes. It was... Uh, I think it was Sewell blocking. Like the meme was Sewell. One option was some random offensive lineman blocking for Burrow and him getting sacked before he could throw it to Jamar Chase. The other one was Sewell blocking for whatever receiver. I think I did one where Joe Burrow was getting protection, but he underthrew the pass anyway. That didn't work out either. That was even worse than the Sewell takes. Like Joe Burrow emerged as a top five quarterback. They went to the Super Bowl. He's the next elite guy. He's the next Tom Brady. 
Got to take an L on that. And I was a Sewell guy. Two L. My favorite genre of headline, looking at the NFL.com headlines, are just that everybody's talking to everybody. Brian Gutenkun says there's been constant communication with Devontae Adams. Andrew Barry says the Browns have been in contact with Mayfield multiple times this offseason. Everybody's just in constant communication with everybody. This is great stuff. Zach Taylor wants Jesse Bates back. So does Duke Tobin. Called him a personnel success story. Sean McDermott said that Mitch Trubisky is unrealistic to be back as QB2 because he's getting a lot of free agent interest. Tampa Bay? Mitch. Biscuits in Tampa Bay? I don't know. Wait, are you suggesting that Mitch could go to Tampa Bay? I. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd roll with playing Gabbard over Mitch in that offense. Brandon Bean also said that Mitch Trubisky could marry his daughter. Brandon Bean yeah, said that? coaches love to just, like, offer their daughters for marriage. It's their favorite hobby. Isn't Mitch Trubisky married? I think so. Hmm. I, I think his wife might be pregnant. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to the happy couple. Um, all right. Anything else, guys? We got through this four-person pod with two microphones. Nora is now just eating food. <laughs> Gummy bears. I'm sorry. I was really hungry. Um, I feel like if you're going to eat food, you could relinquish one of the microphones to make this a more efficient process. <laughs> no, I brought my own microphone. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be a team player for this. I want my gummy bears and my microphones. I'm going to share this. I shared this on the lost, the lost intro. I was walking back over here. Bob Lamont, huge agent to coaches and, and personnel guys. Always Runs does the like, NFL, large pieces of the NFL. Totally. Always Power has broker. big dinners at the same corner table at Prime 47 Steakhouse in Indianapolis during Combine Week. Um, 6 p.m. dinner res for the, like, heavy hitter Bob Lamont table. I thought it was early. I think that it's, like, an all-night thing. Yeah, but usually, like, I mean, they they sit down for dinner at one point. And the fact that that started at 6 p.m., I don't know. They I take just, the steak order at 6.05? Is that what you're saying? Basically, there's, like, yeah, they're, like, going in, they're sitting down, there's a waiter. Was Andy Reid there? Yes. 6 p.m. reservation for Big Red. For Big Red. 6 p.m. res for... Um, this guy loses Jason one... Jason Light's there. Doesn't make the Super Bowl once. I think uh, Big Red's going to be there. Doug With- Peterson, 6 p.m. res. How do you know this? Because I walked by. Do they have like a list you know of why? who because- has the... Reservation? No, because the table is in the corner. I know where to look for the table. And I look in. And because it was 6 p.m., it's light out. So I can see everything. There's 10 of them sitting around the table ordering steak at 6 o'clock in the evening. That one thing you did, that one observation, is more reporting than I've done today. I'm going to stop you right there. 6 o'clock meal is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Anything after 5.30 is dinner. And I really don't, I mean, like... I, I agree with this. I love an early dinner. I was just surprised by it. Maybe those guys are efficient, like us. But they're not, because the nights here go so late. Like, if you start at 6 o'clock... This isn't Spain. This isn't <laughs> Barcelona. We don't have to have 11 p.m. dinner, dinner reservations. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to bed at 11. You can do other... You can you can snack and drink beer until 2 in the morning. If, yeah, but that's hard. That makes me tired. Consider it an early dinner? dinner? Yes. What's going, going on, on here? This... this there's only one person who lives in Manhattan here, and they're just completely against 6 p.m. It's an early dinner. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with an early dinner, but if you don't think 6 p.m. is an early dinner. Bob Lamont is old. <laughs> That's a late dinner. End like, the podcast. All of those coaches are like 
55. All of those coaches are going to stay out until four in the morning. Sean McVay, if you see Big Red out at four in the morning, I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> Sean McVay is probably his youngest client. He's not here. So he probably sent a text and everybody was like, what time do you want dinner? And they all said six. And McVay was like 10. And then McVay was like, I'm not coming, actually. And they said, great, six. This is, no, this is a non-story in my book. Six o'clock, totally normal dinner time. Find a new slant. It's an early dinner. It's totally fine to eat dinner at 6 p.m. But if you don't think that's an early dinner, I disagree. He's just wrong. The Resi app would call I that wish, an early I dinner. I wish that you didn't have a microphone so I, I could be platform. <laughs> well, that is too bad. All right, we'll be back on this feed sometime in the near future. It's uh, 7.07 local time. None of us have had dinner. Well, actually, two, the two microphone, non-microphone boys ate dinner an hour ago. They don't have mics, but they have Panera. Um, I just had gummy bears. All right. Great. This has been the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Yeah.